we exalt you in this place. We ascribe all glory unto you. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of redemption. Thank you, Father. And by your grace and your mercies, we stand here tonight. Take all the glory. Take all the praise, my Father. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Let's take your seat quietly in His presence. We thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Are you in his presence tonight? I wish we could continue to minister unto him. He's awesome in this place. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And anytime you find yourself in his presence, don't just be there. Just organize yourself so that he can pour unto you. Hallelujah. We've not just gathered, but we've come before him for him to do us good. Hallelujah. But your posture before him will tell how far he can go with you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shall we give unto the Lord a clap offering for helping us tonight? Hallelujah. And let's also appreciate him for the life of our Papa. And appreciate him for all the brethren ministers gathered in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And a special welcome to Reverend David Ham, all the way from Takradi. Rev, you are welcome. Hallelujah. Are you clapping or you are struggling to clap? Hallelujah. You are welcome to our first day in the Easter Convention. Hallelujah. Redemption through the death on the cross. Hallelujah. And tonight, the Lord has a special message for you and I. And I'm teaching on the subject, the story before redemption hallelujah praise the lord is somebody here with me the story before redemption this song keeps on bubbling i don't know how many of us know how to sing it yes Yesu tome Yesu tome Yesu tome Yesu tome Yesu tome We're talking about the story before the redemption Oh hallelujah Oh yeah Hallelujah. Yes, Yeah. 
sitting hallelujah praise the lord i told you today is just like just minister to him hallelujah oh jesus we love you you see redemption is salvation to you and us through the sacrifice of jesus christ by his love. Hallelujah. So redemption we see two things. Salvation. And sacrifice. Salvation to us. And sacrifice. From our Lord Jesus Christ. In redemption. We see ourselves. Down. And Jesus up. Then all of a sudden. We see Jesus down and you and us up. Is somebody here with me? That's what Apostle said. We who were not a people are now called a people by the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, We who were far away have now received the spirit of adoption that we can also call ourselves the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Are you aware that if someone is adopted, there's no way that he or she can be cut off again? Are you aware of that? But do you know that a biological son or daughter can be cut off? But when we have an adopted child, there's no way legally you can never be cut off again. You remain so forever and ever. And Bible said when God brought redemption our way, he said he adopted us. That we can always cry unto him, Abba Father. Hallelujah. That is the extent to which the Lord has loved you and I. He said greater love has no man that a man should lay down his life. Hallelujah. It's, oh, what manner of love is this? That you and I can be called the children of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you here with me this evening? Amen. Once upon a time, I was told of a, some two donkeys who were taking a stroll in Jerusalem and they were conversing. And one of them told the other one, said, look, yesterday I was with Jesus and he was sitting on me and was moving with him. The people threw their clothes before me. I was walking on them. They were singing, jubilating, clapping, and I was enjoying it. Hallelujah. But today, because Jesus is not with me. It's as if they don't even recognize me. They don't know me. Hallelujah. And the other donkey told me, yeah, that is how it is. Because 
without Jesus, you are nothing. Is somebody hearing me? When the donkey was with Jesus, he was recognized. Son, Hosanna. The clothing. It wasn't Jesus who was walking on them. It was the donkey who was walking on them. Hallelujah. But when Jesus was not with him, and his friend was giving him the lesson of life, that without Jesus, you are nothing. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So I'm here to tell you another, without Jesus, and thank God for Jesus, that you and I are seated here, that you and I have hope, that you and I have security, you and I have deliverance. But once upon a time, it was not so. Hallelujah. That's why I'm teaching on the subject, the story before the redemption. Hallelujah. You see, if you don't appreciate how helpless you are in some situation, how worse your situation was, you will never appreciate the help that came your way. Is somebody here with me? And sometimes, that's where you and I go to. It's like we've forgotten who we were some time ago. And so we are not even able to appreciate what the Lord has done for you and I. Some of the things have been taken for granted. If you don't know how hungry you were yesterday, and how you even went to the point of taking some rubbish food to eat and somewhere somehow somebody came your way with some food if you really appreciated where you were then you appreciate the help that came hallelujah am i speaking to somebody here praise the lord that is why i love this song and and whilst i was before the lord preparing the Holy Ghost was just bringing to me, Yesu, adore me. Yesu, adore Hallelujah. I don't know how you appreciate that statement. Amen? Not just the melody, but the words and the truth. That Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Amen? Some time ago, we were in some states. And Apostle Paul was explaining it in, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Isaiah 53 verse 6. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He said, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness? So some time ago, we were under the power of darkness. Hallelujah. We were being just buffeted by the enemy. Anywhere, anyhow. Our lives were scandalized. The enemy was having his way with our lives. He said we were in darkness. And Isaiah explained it well. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. He said we were like sheep. That have gone astray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul explained it further in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. He said, Once upon a time, we were under the curse of the law. We were under the curse of the law. Meaning that we were heading towards death and destruction. It was like you have the dust collector and the dust bin. We were under the bondage of sin and death and hell. He said he redeemed us from the curse of the law and so the life is like sin 
and death will collect us and then put us in the dustbin of hell. And that's what is happening to those who have not been redeemed like you and I. Enemy is still usurping his authority over them and is collecting them with the dust collector and then putting them in the dustbin of hell. But thank God that for you and I, our story has changed. Hallelujah. That we are no more under that state of bondage, the curse of the law. In Luke 19.10, he said, and Jesus Christ came to seek and to save those who were lost. Once upon a time, we were lost. We didn't know where we were. Our lives were being used by the enemy. But thank God that grace came our way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That you and I can say with all surety that we are saved. Praise the Lord. But the story was not so before redemption. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, while we were yet sinners, we were wallowing deep in sin. And the penalty of sin was staring at us. Your Bible said the wages of sin is death. That was our story before redemption. Praise the Lord. And so Paul was giving his own testimony that Jesus Christ came to save sinners and he was the chief sinner. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 that Jesus Christ came to save sinners and he is the chiefest of all. Beloved, I want us to appreciate you building up that this was our state. That the enemy was stealing from us, was killing us, and was destroying us. Find people in, in some type of life and, and, and they couldn't know their left from right. Things were just happening. Somewhere, somehow. But thank God Jesus came our way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said, but God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, we were sinners. And Paul said, I'm the chief. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. I am the chief. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That was our state. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said, if the Son will set you free, then you are free indeed. Hallelujah. Are you sure you are free? Hello? Are you sure you are free? But we come to understand that even though our story was some way before the redemption, yet still, in our times, you still see the traits of this story that I'm talking about in believers today. And that's why God wants us to talk about the story before the redemption. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the picture was that we were under the power of Satan in darkness. When you read first Peter chapter 2 verse 9, he said, we are a chosen generation who have been sifted from what? The kingdom of darkness. That was a picture. We were under the bondage of Satan in darkness. So many things were going against us. We didn't have the capacity to receive forgiveness. In our day, I'm sure somewhere, somehow, 
when we go wrong, we're able to pray, God, forgive me. But before redemption, before Jesus the sin, there was no room for forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Before the redemption, the picture was what Paul said in Romans chapter 2 verse 8. He said, the law of sin and death was always against us. Romans chapter 2 verse 8. Chapter 8 verse 2. Romans 8 verse 2. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. That was the picture. The law of sin and death was staring you and I in the face. Hallelujah. We've been condemned. That was a picture. And so the enemy has the right, the authority to do whatever he wants to do to you and I. The enemy has the right and the authority to show us what he's made of. Because the law of sin and death was staring you and I. That was the picture that you and I was in. We were under the bondage of the enemy and we're in darkness. We can't receive forgiveness. We don't even have the room to see forgiveness and accept it. And the law of sin and death, I will explain to you very soon. The law of sin and death was against us. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came through and he brought the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. That is the story after redemption. Hallelujah. But before redemption, it was the law of sin and death. He said, We were like sheep that is being led to the slaughter. Sometimes you go out there, you see people destroying their lives. Yesterday I was talking to somebody in the US and was telling me how people were just dying, people were just being destroyed. Young people being shot here and there, just dying. People doing drugs, addicted, and, and found themselves in a whole lot of lifestyles. And we see them in our country too. Hallelujah. Because they are still faced with the law of sin and death. And the enemy is working more than ever in our time because we are in the last days. And he's collecting them and they're throwing them in the dustbin of hell. If you and I will appreciate that this is where we were, and here we are, they will know how to posture our lives, and will know how to deal with the people out there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me? The law of the sin and of death. What, what does that mean? The law of sin and death. Let's just understand it. What the law of sin and death means. Or what the law in those times mean. Because the Bible said that we, we cannot be saved by the law. Hallelujah. Is somebody here with me? We are saved by what? Grace through faith. And not by the works of the law. The law of sin and death was given for a purpose. So that when it has finished its purpose, we can get to redemption. Hallelujah. What does the law stand for? Or what are the speakings of the law? You see, number one. The law was given to let you and I know that God is demanding righteousness from mankind. 
Emrano agent say ready air should share three years in the panchain. God is demanding. And so it was against us. Because it was demanding. When you read Leviticus chapter 18, verse 4 and 5. Leviticus 18, 4 and 5. And Romans chapter 10, verse 5. The law says that God is demanding righteousness from us. He says, ye shall do my judgments. Ye shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances. That is the law. To walk therein is the righteousness he's talking about. I am the Lord your God. God was demanding righteousness from his people. That was the story before redemption. Hallelujah. But when redemption came, grace came our way. And now, no more is God demanding righteousness from us. God is giving righteousness. Is somebody understanding me? That's why I said, we are the righteousness of God by faith in Christ. That this is the grace of God. That Jesus Christ who knew no sin became sin so that you and I will become what? The righteousness of God. He became what he is not for you and I to become what we were not. That's why I said redemption says that once upon a time we were down there, Jesus was up there, Jesus had to come down so that you and I can come up. Praise the Lord. So the, the, the law of sin and death was saying that God is requiring righteousness. But thank God that from the redemption story, he's no more demanding. He's giving it out freely. And we only have to accept it by faith. So he said, you are saved by what? Grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. So God stretched his hand by grace to give us the gift of righteousness because under the law of sin and death, there was no way that we can fulfill the demands of righteousness. Because I told that we were already sold under sin. We were under the bondage of Satan in darkness. So there was no way that we can fulfill God's demand for righteousness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why when we meet people and we're talking to them about Christ, we need to explain Tonight I'm teaching. I need to explain to let them know why it is very, very needful for them to have faith in Jesus Christ. Because the law says, I want righteousness from you. Meanwhile, we cannot give it out. But grace says, I'm giving you righteousness. All that you have to do is stretch forth your hand by faith. So anything that God has to do with us, is by grace. And the way you and I can take from him is by what? Faith. That is why faith is very, very important when it comes to dealing with God. That is why in 11.6 it says, and without faith, it is very, very impossible to please God. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 10, let's, let's read the verse 5. This is a demand for righteousness. Verse 5. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes, that's the law, and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live. I am the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse 5. Romans 10, 5. He said, For Moses described righteousness, which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But they realized that they couldn't do them. Hallelujah. And that was why. Jesus had to come on the scene. How many of us understand what I'm talking about? The law, number one, demanded for righteousness. Two, the law condemns every man of guilt before God. So, Emran Obu Obiye Nimtia condemns every man 
That was the story before redemption. And I'm saying that if we appreciate these things, then you and I will not take the salvation that God has given to you and I for granted. If somebody helps you in your point of need and you really appreciated how you were suffering, then you always be forever grateful for the help that came your way. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? That's why God wants you and I to understand the story before redemption. The law was condemning you and I before God, what making us guilty before God. That's why in 64 verse 6 of Isaiah, I said, our righteousness is like what? A filthy rat. The law condemns you and I. I said, our righteousness was like what? A filthy rag. And, and sometimes when I'm studying, rag is already dirty. Am I right? And then say filthy rag. Hello? Is somebody hearing me? You see, that was how we were before God, before redemption, before Jesus sacrificed his life for us. That's why when I'm saying that Jesus told me, I understand it. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 3 verse 19. The law condemns all men with guilt before God. See, we were helpless. We, we cannot do it. We couldn't do it. Romans 3 19 and then Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. Romans 3.19, Galatians 8.10. He says, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may, may become what? Guilty. That was the law. Hello? He said that every mouth may be stopped and everybody will become what? Guilty. So before redemption, the law was telling you and I that we were guilty. The law of sin and death was telling you and I that we were guilty before God. Praise the Lord. But today we are not guilty before God. Amen? And that is why we must appreciate it and maintain our stand in Him. And when the spirit of redemption came. He brought us justification. And it was as if we've never sinned before. Hallelujah. But before then, he said, the law was certain everyone. Please give me the amplified version. Amplified version of Romans 3.19. Amplified version. Romans 3.19. He said, for that which is known about God is evident to them. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that the memories and excuses of every mouth may be hushed, and all the world may be held accountable to God. Guilty before God. We have no say. Hallelujah. So it's like when we are before God, our heads are always bowed because we are sold under sin in darkness. Give me Galatians 10. The law condemns us and makes us guilty before God. That was the story before redemption. He said, for as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continues not in all things which were written in the book of the law to do them. Because in those days, you realize that you are not able to do everything of the law. Right? And James will tell you that if, James chapter 2, if you do all the law and offend in one, you are guilty of all of them. And that was the story. Praise the Lord. So realize that we are not able 
to fulfill. And he is saying, we cannot continue. And so, we were always guilty before God. But in redemption, it is no more we working out righteousness. It is a gift given to us to maintain it by faith. Hallelujah. Amen? Are you understand what I'm talking about? The law condemns all men. The other thing about the law is that the law is telling everyone that you can never be perfect before God. You can never be perfect before God. So when we meet people who are always highlighting, there's so many of them there, they are always highlighting, we, we are going by the law of the Lord. Let us make them understand that you can never be perfect before God. And that was our story some time ago. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19 and Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Sorry. It gives Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 13 verse 39. And Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19. I'm teaching, so I'm giving you the scriptures. Acts 13, 39. Nobody can be perfect before God. That is the law telling us. Acts 13, 39, Hebrews 7, verse 19. Acts 13, 39. It says, and by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Nobody could be justified Hello? He said, nobody but by him we were justified. But when it comes to the law, he said, we can never be justified. Telling us that nobody can be perfect. Give me the Hebrews 7.19. Nobody can be perfect. So nobody can say, I'm going by the law and be perfect. The law says, we are not perfect. That was the story before the redemption. He says, for the law made nothing perfect. So the law could not make people perfect before God. Hello? Then somebody asked, so what was the purpose of the law? I will let you know. So all that the law of sin and death, staring us in the face, was telling us, look, you are all guilty before God. You can never be perfect before God. You can never make it as far as God is concerned. Because of the condition you find yourself in. He says, for the law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God. But the law makes nobody perfect. That was the story before the redemption. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The law confirms in effect, the law is confirming every man as a sinner before God. That's what the law is telling everybody. Galatians 3.19 is confirming everybody as a sinner before God. Galatians 3.19 and Romans chapter 3 verse 20. The law is telling everybody that we are sinners. Hallelujah. That was the story before the redemption. He said, Wherefore then serveth the law? What the law doing? He said, It was added because of what? Transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of of a mediator. But the first one is what he said. Wherefore then, seven, it was added because of what? Transgressions. Give me the amplified version. It was given to let everybody know that look, man is concluded under sin. That was the law of sin and death, that everybody is a sinner. It says, 
what then was the purpose of the law it was added later on after the promise to disclose and expose to men their guilt because of transgressions and to make men more conscious of the sinfulness of sin and it was intended to be in effect until the seed the hair the descendant should come and thank God for redemption hallelujah so the law was concluding you and I under sin and Paul emphasized it in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 that the law is telling us that look we are sinners and the popular scripture that we know Romans 3 23 what does it say for all have sinned and have great Romans 3 20 Romans 3 20 therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law it is the knowledge of what sin to tell you and I that we are sinners before God that was the story before redemption to let us know that we are all under sin. And so, when you read Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, that was the main purpose of the law. After showing us all this, that we are guilty before God, we cannot be perfect before God, we are sinners, what the law was telling you and I is that, wherefore the law was our what? Schoolmaster. How many of us know who a schoolmaster is? What does a schoolmaster do? Uh, we have a schoolmaster <laughs> And our guy is here, schoolmaster. What, what do schoolmasters do? They teach us, eh? They show us the way. So, he said the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto who? To bring us unto who? Christ. That is the beginning of redemption. So that this is who you were. And there's no way you can become what is expected of you. God is demanding righteousness from you. But there's no way you can meet it. And so, I'm showing you the way that wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by what? Faith. Hallelujah. Give me the amplifier. So that the law Serve to us Jews as our trainer. That's another word for the schoolmaster. Our guardian. Our guide to who? Christ. So the law was brought to us to let us know our inadequacy. To let us know how empty we were. To let us know how bad we were before God. So that you and I will now develop the faith to go to God for the gift that is bringing us through Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you being blessed? This is the teaching, so I'm taking my time because a lot of people are missing some of the things and we find people out there doing a whole lot of things and somewhere, somehow, we're seeing the problem even entering because the church itself is now even for getting who they used to be. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, in Mark chapter 11, there was this example. That's what we'll be ending with. Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday. And the Lord is giving this example of the donkey, the colt. Mark chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. He said, Jesus told his disciples to go and to out town there, they will find a colt or a donkey that is tied. And they should untie it and bring it to him. And Bible said, he told them that if anybody should ask you, why are you doing Tell them that the Lord has need of him. Hallelujah. Our story was that 
Some time ago, we were like this donkey. Amen? We were tired under sin. We were under the bondage of Satan in darkness. But the Lord said he has need of us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Physically, he had need of that donkey to start his plan of journey for our salvation. But spiritually, he has need of you and I. Because the law of sin and death has condemned us and has told us that we can never do anything to please God. So Jesus had to come on the scene. So let's read. We'll learn something. Mark chapter 11. So, and when they came nigh unto Jerusalem, unto Bethany, and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples, and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt or a donkey tied. So the donkey was what? Tied. Mark that one. Hello? Whereon never man, never man sat. Lose him and bring him. Do what? Lose him and bring him. Hallelujah. Mark those words. And if any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord has need of him. That's when we are going out there to share the message of redemption. Let them know that the Lord has need of them. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Lord will not have anybody to perish. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. He said we are waiting and waiting. It's because God is still trying to avoid something. But when the right time comes, it will come. Second Peter 3, 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. So I'm sure when we go out there telling them, Jesus is coming, he goes, bread. But the truth is that before the redemption story, this is the state. And something is going to happen. He said, it is not that he's slow. It is not that what he has said, he cannot do it. But he said, but it's long-suffering to us, what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should do what? Come to repentance. Hallelujah. Amen? So when the Lord says, I have need of him, he doesn't want us to go into what? Destruction. Praise the Lord. Hello? Are you following me? So, before the redemption story, we were all heading towards destruction. He said we were like the sheep that is being led to the slaughter. But the Lord has need of us like the tied donkey. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. They all tell us that, you see, God has need of human or mankind. And yet they persevere up your persevere core or same. But he's still praying. And, and today I'm here to tell you and I that let's carry forth the message out there. That there are a whole lot of donkeys tied out there. That you and I have to go and do what? Lose. Why are we losing them? Because the Lord has need of them. Why are we saying the Lord has need of them? Because the Lord does not want them to go into destruction. Is somebody hearing me? Are you appreciating what I'm telling you? Do you believe what I'm telling you? It is not my word. It is God's word. He says, who will have all men to be saved? That is God. That is the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat of God is soul. Souls are perishing out there. Like that donkey tied out there. Amen? And it is for you and I to go out there because the Lord has need of them. He said he does not want any man to perish. He says he wants every man to be saved and come on the knowledge 
of the truth. You and I have not appreciated where we used to be some time ago. So it's even very, very, we don't see it as urgent to go out there and save them. Am I speaking to somebody here? Praise the Lord. That the Lord is sending you and I out there like he sent his disciples. Go and lose them. They are tied there. You are just sitting one. Me here one. Because give me first Timothy chapter 5, verse 9. The Lord does not want any to go into to, to, to any to perish. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. Thessalonians. He said, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but for us obtain what? Salvation. By our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the first lesson God wants you and I to take today for our Easter convention. Let's go out there. They are tight. The Lord has need of them. Hallelujah. Now, when you look at the donkey physically, tied. You realize that he's been tied with a rope. It gives him some discomfort. Am I right? Hello? With a rope around the neck. He will not feel fine. Am I right? Secondly, because he's tied, he cannot move. Am I right? Hello? I'm describing the bondage, the darkness, the, the power of the devil over the, 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 the people out there. The donkeys out there. Because they are tight, they cannot move. So, he's limited. Because he's tight, he's under the mercy of the weather. Am I right? People will walk by and see them. And it's as if they are always there and they don't know what they are about. For them, they think they know what they are about. The Bible says, suddenly, destruction will hit them. But for you and who were once upon a time in that same state, and today by the grace of God and by faith, we have now been shifted from the kingdom, from that kingdom into the kingdom of light. We should appreciate these things better and go out there and do the work properly. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody here? Because he said, and when we read scripture, I said. The, the donkey was tied at a crossroad. So, crossroad. There's a path that is leading to glory and to destiny. And there's a path that is leading to destruction. But it's up to you and I to go out there and show them the right way. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Let me quickly give you the spiritual understanding of the tide coat and then we'll be out of here number one because he's tied with a rope it means he's at a standstill his life is stagnant he cannot move and we have a lot of people spiritually wallowing in the spirit of stagnancy he's tied he's at a standstill is limited. But thank God that when redemption came, no more limits. Hallelujah. Amen? So spiritually, that is the lifestyle. That is what they are in there. Their lives is at a standstill. They cannot move because they've been tied. Two. Because they've been tied and they're at a standstill, all their dreams and potentials have been buried in them because there's no activity. He's always at one place. But thank God that God has called you and I that we believe that he has sent us to go out there and impact them. To move them into their full potential. Is somebody hearing me? Hello? I have a message from the Lord for you and I that you and I must go out there. Those people out there have been tied. There's no activity. 
And so their potentials, their capacities are locked in them. They are buried in them. But thank God that you and I have the power to go out there and lose them. Will you go? Will I go? Amen? Then we can be describing ourselves as what? Victorious overcomers. You remember, Bible said when Jesus commanded his disciples, they went to do what they were supposed to do. And Jesus told them that when you go and you're doing it, the owners, people will ask you, why are you doing it? When we go and we are telling them about Christ, the owners, that is the devil and his cohorts, they own them. They will definitely resist us. But we will stand as victorious overcomers and tell them that the Lord has need of them. Those are our prayers. Those are our follow-ups. Those are our visitations. Somebody hearing me? So that we can help these tight people and bring them home. That was our story some years ago. So why are we also refusing? Because somebody, the Lord through somebody, came our way and today we are here. Why wouldn't I also allow myself to go out there and bring somebody in? Jesus told his disciples that I'm sending you out to go and harvest in a place that you never sowed. So God is working through you and I. Because there are so many donkeys that have been tied out there. And if you are celebrating Easter, we should see things from God's perspective. He says it is not by his wish that any should perish. But when the time comes, they will have to perish. Because God is a God of justice. Hallelujah. He's counting on you and I to go out there. And in this season, in this year... I want you and I to determine in our communities, in our various places where we find ourselves, let us tell ourselves, let us appreciate the fact that once upon a time, we were also tied like that donkey. We were at a standstill. Our lives were at a standstill. Stagnated. No activity. Things were not going the right way. But thank God that Jesus came on the scene and liberated us. And he's counting on you and I to go out there and bring people in. Hallelujah. Amen. They, they are at the crossroads. They are in a state of confusion. They don't know what to do. It was like what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 7. He said, the, the good thing that I want to do, I cannot do them. But the bad thing I don't want to do, that's what I do. They find themselves in a situation. Like inwardly, they want to do the right thing. But because of the law of sin and death staring at them, they couldn't do it. Because I've told you that the law of sin and death has already condemned us. Telling you, my friend, no matter what you do, will bring you up before God. So you and I will have to go and let them know the right way. Praise the Lord. I'm asking somebody here. Let's go out there and let them know the right way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But they need to hear who is the way? Who is the truth? And who is the life? He said, how can they believe if there's nobody to tell them the truth? So, beloved, Easter Convention is not just a celebration. Easter Convention is for you and I to remind ourselves of the redemption work of the law. So that you and I will have to check ourselves and get out there and complete the work that Jesus left for us. He said, go out there. Because there are many of them that are tied out there. In our families, we find them there. In our workplaces, we find them there. In our schools, we find them there. Even in church, we have people who have come to church, but they are tied. And we will have to help them. Amen? Amen? That is the story of the redeemed of the Lord. It's not just to come, pray, sing, dance, and feel happy and go. No. It's for you and I also to see whether we are perpetuating the work that the master came to do some years ago. He said, go and lose him because I have need of him. I pray that the Lord will open my eye, will open your eyes and see the many people that have been tied, the many people that are in darkness, in our own families, in our own workplaces, in our neighborhood. Wherever you find us, the people that are in bondage, people that are in darkness, people that are wallowing in sin, people that are destroying themselves. And you are not. Because some time ago, we were there. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, that, that donkey that was tied, he, he, he's always seeing people passing by. And that's the state of a lot of people out there. They see people making it, and they are not making it. But it's up to you and I to go out and tell them how they can also make life. Amen? In the way, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They see people laughing at them. They see people mocking at them. It is up to you and I go out there and help them. Hallelujah. Amen? They are always looking at others. Instead of others looking at them, for example. And that's why it is sad if you are a Christian and you are rather looking at others rather than letting people look at you, for example. So go out there and lose them because I have need of them. Because they are tired, their visions are locked up. Their visions are locked up. They cannot leave their vision. But we have been called to go out there and impact them so that they can run with their vision. Everyone has a vision. But because they are tired and sold under sin, because of the picture before redemption, they cannot do it because the law of sin and death is always staring at them. That, no, you cannot do it. No, this is your limit. You cannot go beyond. But you and I know the antidote. Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I being understood? They are living their life in hopelessness. Hmm? They have no future. I used to know this sister. Tango today, she's out of the country, doing very well. But in those times, she finished school. I said, so now what do you want to do? He said, ah. Anything you ask her, ah. No hope, no future. She doesn't know what to do. But because we have Christ, we can tell them what to do. Amen? They are tied. Like that donkey. She didn't know what to do. Recently I was talking to her. I said, do you remember the, the era of Ah? When those are actually then she laughed. I said, yes. Thank God those times you didn't know. Thank God now you know. Praise the Lord. But she needed somebody to help her. Tonight God is also counting on you and I. As we celebrate Easter. It's not for fun. It's for us to continue in the work of Jesus. He said how Jesus went about doing good. In other words, wherever he went, he was touching lives. Praise the Lord. He was bringing revival. He was bringing renewal. He was bringing restoration to people. And you and I have it. Because once upon a time, our picture was like that. But thank God, you and I got a secret through Jesus Christ. To conclude, let me say this. That the redemption story is for you and I to continue to say who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. In Psalm 107 verse 2. When we can read from verse 2 to verse 7. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say, so, whom he has redeemed. So tell yourself that you are the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. In Lamentations chapter 3 verse 15, he said, you redeemed me. You need to come to that place. Tell yourself that, yes, you have been redeemed. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed from the hand of who? The enemy. Say it for yourself. And then go out there and say it to them, those who are tied over there. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 58. Isaiah 44, verse 22. When he said, oh Lord, thou hast Pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Can you also say that the Lord has redeemed your life? 
Because the Lord was saying that this traits of the tied donkey, we find some also creeping in into the church. So he's allowed, and the question was, how come? How come? And the Lord was saying that it's because we are somewhere, somewhere allowing the law of sin and death to creep in instead of allowing the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Apostle Paul says something. Can we read that? Romans 8, verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But that was not the end. That's what I'm saying that he says that there is this trait as a, 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 a real Roman kitty because some of them that have been redeemed are not walking after the spirit but after the flesh. Hello? Am I speaking to somebody here? He said, it is possible to have these traits even though that should not be the picture. But the reason is that the state that we found ourselves in is like we are trying to get ourselves back. And the Lord will have you and I as we celebrate Easter this year to stand and stand well. He said, let us not allow our lives to be like the, that was and then right after washing, went back to the mud. Is somebody hearing me? Or like the dog that vomited, then said, I now want to take my vomit again. It is not possible. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then he added verse 2. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free. So if I rely every day of my life on the law of the spirit of life. And what does that mean? Focusing on God and focusing on the things of God. Focusing on my obedience to the word of God. Focusing on my faith in Christ. Not by what I see, but by what I believe in the Lord and living my life by it. Focusing on the Lord by my everyday trust in Him. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ will always make me free. Focusing on the truth of Christ. And in John 8, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will always make you what? Free. Hallelujah.